check, check, mic check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. We're back. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxxis Get and Pro Taper. We are here. We've done it. We've reached the 100th meridian. 12 rounds of outdoor motocross fury starting this weekend in Hangtown. Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championship kicks off. 24 motos. Listen, a Supercross title is great, and the 450 Supercross title is the most prestigious one out there. But if you win an outdoor title in 250s or 450s, you are one bad mother effer. All right, everybody? These guys, uh, the champions of these guys, the race winners of these guys, this is uh, uh, getting ready for an absolute uh, test to a rider's ability, uh, physical endurance, uh, bike uh, endurance, uh, bike uh, performance, and everything. So the Motocross Series is here. Luke, uh, Monster Energy Supercross Series is wrapped up uh, a couple weekends ago in Vegas, of course. Not a lot of surprises there, but uh, some surprises at Hangtown, we think. Lots to talk about here on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show uh, when it comes to the outdoor. And uh, also, two big news this week was uh, KTM letting Brock Tickle go. Uh, his B sample tested positive. This is something that team manager Roger DeCosta had told me was going to happen if they uh, decided that he the B sample was positive. So we'll talk to uh, a few of our guests about that as well, uh, what their feelings about that. Dean Wilson, ACL again, not going to ride the outdoors. Uh, needs got another surgery, so that's... Uh, that's a big bummer. And uh, right off the top, though, we learned today, this morning, that uh, Jim Hale, industry icon uh, who really uh, brought AXO to America, was a driving force behind AXO's success in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, started Mechanics Wear, which dwarfed AXO uh, by a long shot. Mechanics Wear is still available everywhere and anywhere you see um, uh, retail outlets for car stuff. Um, he passed away. A little bit of a shock. He was only 63 years old, and I don't know the whole story, getting some of it as we go. I did a podcast with Jim a couple years ago. I just put it out last week again as under the Creator Series just for people to listen to it because I love the stories and I love the guy and, and, and everything else. And he lived here in Vegas, and we have been in touch with email trying to align our schedules to do something else. And uh, then I got the terrible news today that he had passed away. Jim Hale. Great guy, and uh, again, uh, I think all of us at some point had AXO on uh, if we're of a certain age, and uh, Jim was responsible for that. He also brought Renthal over, was a distributor for Renthal, uh, brought it over from uh, from England, and uh, Mechanics Wear, and the guy was just, just super successful. 
Super nice guy, and uh, he was a big part of uh, uh, Davey Coombs, too, starting Racer X and everything else as far as uh, being influential and giving him some business advice and everything else. Jim Hale touched a lot of industry lives uh, in our time, and, and we'll miss him. So um, thank you for listening. Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Flyracing.com. Please check him out. Blake Baggett will be uh, running um, Fly Racing out there at Hangtown this weekend, and hopefully uh, Baggett will uh, be better than he was last year to start the year. Uh, I bet he will be. And uh, Weston Pike wears uh, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. A lot of you are getting into mountain bikes now with uh, with the weather turning. Uh, check out their mountain bike line. Uh, great helmets, great uh, shorts, shoes, shirts. Uh, I love those guys at Fly Racing, and uh, they support the show. Also, too, Pro Taper, uh, Geico Honda Rockstar Husky. They got a couple titles with the Rockstar Husky guys. Pro Taper did with Osborne. And uh, Jason Anderson, JGR will have Pro Taper products. Geico Honda, Pro Taper products. Uh, ProTaper.com, uh, pushing the limits and reinventing the way we all experience riding our motorcycles. ProTaper.com. Also, to get pro, uh, works part for your production machine, Alex Ray, starting at Glen Helen, will use Get. And uh, Justin Barsha as well uh, will use Get. Cooper Webb will be missed the few, first few rounds, and uh, he will be back. Also, too, uh, in Europe, uh, Get is where it's at. Uh, two-stroke ignitions also available now and selling out quickly. So if you have a two-stroke and you want to uh, spice that thing up with some Get Ignition products, please go ahead and do that. Also, too, Maxxis Tires, the MXST tire, coming out soon, developed by Jeremy McGrath. Uh, Maxxis Tires, uh, whether it's for your dirt bike or your car, light truck, trailer, ATV, mountain bike, and more. Maxxis Tires will let you hook up, pull the whole shot, and beat the competition. Maxxis.com. 702-586-7857. We are giving away a Fly Racing Toxin helmet uh, today on the show uh, for a lucky caller. So call in, talk some Hangtown, talk some Supercross if you want, talk some MXGPs. Uh, Paul Parabinos, Jason Thomas on the show today as well. Uh, I'm Steve Mathis with me in the corner, producing things, holding it down. The... Tits Legendary Tits, what's up? Hey, Steve. Are you ready for the outdoors? Oh, I'm ready. Are you a Supercross guy or an outdoor guy? I'm a moto guy. Equally enthused or unenthused, however well, you want to put it. Well, let's face it, you're never enthused about anything. Right, but equal, equal yeah, amounts. Yeah, yes. if, if, if a cheerleader or a hype guy at an arena is a, is a 10 out of 10, uh, like you, a four you and live half. your life at a 4. 4 and a yeah, half. But, but, but it is... Maxed out at that four. Is that is that right? It's constant. Right, right. Yes. Um, who do you like for the titles going in? Are you on the Amart train? Negative. Wow. I, I wish wow. Amart luck, wow. but I do not believe he will be the title guy. Okay, well, maybe not the title guy. Well, but but, but I, I, I'm a, uh, an Amart fan, yes, as much as I could be. Um, he's, no, he's no Dungy, but who is, right? Uh, so I think I like, uh, Zacho's chances of repeating. Um, so he would be my favorite. I really, it was bummed when I found out that AC was not going to yes, be doing yes. the outdoors because yep. he was the one who I was really, he's probably, if I had to choose a two fifty guy, he's the one who I right. would put yep. my considerable weight behind. Mm, yeah. I don't know about beating, uh, Amar, uh, Amar, uh, J Mart and, uh, Osborne though for AC. But uh, well, I'm saying yeah. as far as rooting for, oh, rooting for, rooting yes, for, yes, yes. yes right. um, and then for the 450s, 
Um, I'm very curious to see which Eli Tomac shows up this year. Um, uh, I think the ball's fast, Eli Tomac, and then he makes some mistakes, will show up. Well, so that's the thing. Is, yeah, uh, that's <laughs> the, the traditional the, so, so Eli. The traditional right. Eli, yes. Right. I think we're gonna, not, we're gonna the, get, not the consistent Eli. We are going to get a traditional Eli Tomac experience this <laughs> yes. summer. I, I really believe that. <laughs> which will make it more fun. Yeah, I absolutely. Uh, let's get uh, Parabinos on the line. 702-586-7857. we got a few lines open still. If you want to give us a call, uh, we are giving away a Toxin helmet from the folks at Fly Racing. And uh, lots to talk about when it comes to the outdoors, man, especially early on in the season. This is a real chance for Anderson to grab a chunk of legacy form. Uh, if he were to repeat or if he, if he were to grab the 450 motocross title uh, after the supercross title, that would really stamp his arrival as one of the elite legends of the sport and then uh, go on from there. So he's looking to do that. And uh, of course, Tomac wants to hold on to the number one plate. Marvin Muskan will be very good. Of course, he's going to be very good all year long. And uh, Blake Baggett could be a spoiler. He could lurk in the weeds. And Kenny Roxon. Kenny Roxon, what the hell are we going to see with the 94? Uh, his, he, even he, uh, he's full of confidence normally, and he admits that the, his preseason stuff isn't going so well. Uh, before we get Parabinos on the line, let's take one of our calls real quick. It's, uh, it's Jeff. Jeff, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, how's it going? Good. What's going I on? Haven't got to, uh, I haven't got to listen near as much as I would like to these days. I was on the old Instagram the other day, and I saw there was a weird post by Christian Craig about, like, Something about a video of his dad beating up a kid, and like he didn't want to be involved. Like I don't know. Do I saw that. I saw that. I didn't really know much about it. I saw a video of fighting at Glen Helen, but I didn't know which one was Mike Craig and which one wasn't. I couldn't really tell. Uh, I mean, is this from 2018 or is this? Yeah, from no, like this is this is recently. Yeah, no, this is recently. Oh, Jesus. Um, what but, are you doing? Yeah, dude, I don't know. Mike, Stay Mike, away. Mike Craig has been a mess for a while. I never I, liked that guy. Uh, while well, he wrote, he had fantastic style, man. He wrote really well. He was well. a dick. Uh, <laughs> um, are you saying I was like Billy Binkley back in the 2000s, yeah, 2001? Yeah. yeah. Craig was a dick. Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I hope he gets the help he needs. It's kind of been out I there. I like for, Christian. For, yeah, Christian's, oh, Christian's cool. Christian's great. Um, I mean, Mike's been a bit of a mess for a while, and I, I, don't, I know he's teaching kids. And man, I don't know, man. It's, apparently, uh, yeah, yeah, teach so. him how to get in half kicking. Yeah, no, not a, not not a great deal, man. Thanks for the call, though. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank no you. All yeah, right. Uh, also, too. Uh, that was exciting, that video. I don't really know what the deal was. I don't know anything about it. I couldn't even really tell what was going on in it. But 702-586-7857. Uh, I think Christian pulled that post down. But it was up for a while. Christian just saying basically, hey, I don't care about his dad, Mike. And they haven't had a great relationship or much of a relationship for a long time now. So uh, that wasn't surprising to to see that. And, and honestly, if you see that video with, with Mike Craig, why would you even text Christian? Why would you even care? Why would you? So stupid. People... You know, if you know anything about Moto, you know that Mike and Christian aren't tight at all or don't talk to each other or whatever, uh, father-son deal stuff. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a weird deal. Uh, Fly Racing, Moto 60 Show, Hangtown Talk is happening. We are giving away a Toxin Helmet with MIPS and breaking news, a set of Pro Taper clamp-on grips as well. And to talk about those and talk Hangtown, Paul Parabinos. What's up, Paul? How are you, man? What's up, Steve? I'm wonderful. How are these grips doing? You like these things? Are they doing well? People are excited? Yeah. Yeah, we um we got a little bit delayed and they they showed up in the stock a little bit later than what I wanted, but um mm-hmm. man, they've been flying flying out and and yeah. I've already had some people tweet me and call me, so yeah. um, so far so good, yeah. Just glue the grips on. Just glue them on. 
Uh, but we're going to give away a set uh, on the show. So just uh, 702-586-7857 uh, if you want a set of these uh, Pro Taper clamp-on grips or uh, just uh, call and ask a question or whatever, and, uh, and we'll get busy, of course. ProTaper.com. Check them out on the web. All right, uh, Paul, a few things before we get to Hangtown, and I want to talk to you as a mechanic. Uh, I was one as well, and uh, we'll get to that. But first up, uh, sad news. I talked about it at the beginning of the show when you were on. Jim Hale passing away. Uh, you didn't know him, but uh, you'd sent me a text uh, about the podcast that we did that I re-released last week, and a uh, real sad moment. Uh, what an icon in the industry. Yeah, it's it's really awful, and and, and, and I wish I knew him, but uh, I learned a lot from your podcast, so I thank you for that, and and. Um, I work with some people here that have worked with him before, you know, some older, older fellas. And, um, he just sounds like a, he's, he was a really great person. He did so much in our sport and, um, everybody that did business with him had great things to say about him. And I think that's hugely, um, impressive, especially when you're in this industry for so long. So, (laughs) you know, between what he did with AXO and Renthal and, um, and mechanics wear, like, uh, I mean, what a, what a pioneer and, and, definitely awful that we lost him yeah absolutely uh moving on from that paul and i just wanted you to say something because i know you'd really like that podcast um so big news this week red bull ktm they they fired brock tickle they said they were going to do that and um it's a little look we don't know the whole story behind this you're certainly really good friends with brock uh paul more so than i am uh we don't know the whole story there's a chance brock was cheating and trying to uh beat the system and got caught there is a chance of that we don't know that chances are he wasn't though, and this is a an, an, this is a a, a, a um, mistake that of a supplement he took, and um, and all of that. But it's a sticky situation, Paul, when you consider that KTM makes athletes train with Alden Baker, and and they fire him after he tests positive. Now, of course, Alden Baker is telling everyone that it wasn't anything that he gave him, and I believe that also. Alden said he tests all the supplements. But, man, what a touchy subject for Brock uh, and the team and everything else. But, you know, I also understand that KTM fired him because, hey, they can't, what are they going to do? He can't race with him. He can't do his job. Um, what's your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, it's um, – you, you you put it good. It's sticky, and it's hard to comment because there's so many different sides to all this. But um, I know Brock personally very well. Um, he's a great friend of mine, and, and I know the kind of person he is, and I just don't believe that he would be knowingly trying to gain an advantage illegally. I, that's something that I no one can argue out of argue me out of. Um, and I do see KTM's side. You know, yeah. obviously he can't just – I'm just reiterating all the things you just said, so yeah. I, I agree with everything you just said. And, you know, I think um, – I think th- it's just it's rough the way KTM you know kind of just did it so quick, but I can't really blame them. Right, right. I, I right. really think you know I I really think it's been very classy of Brock of how he's dealt with it all. I I think the people on the team have been very impressed with how he's dealt with it all. Um, Brock is he's he's 28 years old, and um, Justin Brayton won a Supercross this year at 34. So I've talked to Brock about it in in detail about what his plan is from here and. And um, I don't think he's going to, you know, just disappear. I think he definitely wants to come back. He's going to go through the process to appeal and um, try to get his suspension reduced. And and maybe we can see him racing motocross in 2019. That's what I would hope because uh, I, don't, I definitely don't think Brock's done. I think he's just been getting better and better. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is just a – this is a – big bump in the road yep. and it's it's a shit situation honestly so well, um, i hope i hope everyone can just get out of it you know so you you look at the yoshimura suzuki they put james as a pr guy and lowered his salary and kept him on payroll and had him doing some signings yep. and that's another way that ktm could have hired it could have ran it i mean 
you know? Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, and, and and I think maybe they would have dealt with the situation a little bit differently if it was a different rider, say if it was Marvin. Yeah, um, that's just my my hunch. But um, again, I don't blame them at all. I mean, this is uh, it's written in the contract before anyone signs it. The you know the, yeah. the consequences with if this happens. But to me, the big the, the big thing is is I just obviously we need testing in our sport, but um, but I think uh, I think the penalty just doesn't fit the crime to me. Um, that's yeah. the biggest yeah, thing to me. I don't yeah. I don't. You know, it's it's a, uh, it's you know, we're putting somebody in prison for murder. Where I feel like this is kind of like shoplifting. So um, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I agree. It's a it's a it's a shitty deal all the way around. Um, and, and yeah, I don't know. Is he is he looking into Canada? I mean, that thing starts next weekend, man. So. Well, you know, if if he does go and race Canada, then his suspension would start after he stops racing. So it's really up to him to decide to start now and then his suspension would start from you know seattle so he could he's already got some months off off the board there so um yeah i think he's going to make a decision here soon but um i personally don't think we will see him in canada but how can they hold the canadian racing against them it's not anything sanctioned by fim or or controlled by water or anything um how is that it's a good question i don't i don't know i'm just kind of uh kind of relaying what i was told by brock so um, I, I, I don't. don't that that blows me away if that's true. That you can't. So you can't race their series and you can't race anything else in your life. You literally have to just stop making money. You have to just. I think he. Uh, that's yeah. Amazing. I think he needs to stop while while the suspension is in effect. I guess. <laughs> I'm I'm blown away right now. I, I mean, if that's what they told him, yeah. that's, I, I do not understand how that stops a person from making a living. That's that's amazing. Anyways, um. Yeah, yeah, I, it's a it's a big deal for sure. And Red Bull said they would do that. It's in the contract, like you said. I and we've had private chats, Paul, about different situations where these teams don't, the riders don't uh, honor contracts, and the teams don't seem to care in different points of times. You know, and you and I always just shake my head like it's in the contract, like you can be fired from it, right? And I'm always shaking my right. head at it. So I, I would be hypocritical for me to be like, what the hell? If it's in the contract and you sign it, and you didn't get it taken out or you didn't modify it. Then that's it. That's that's the deal. So, yeah, yeah. I think you yeah. and I are always in agreement with that. You know, when it comes to injuries or clauses or whatever, if it's in the contract, it's in the contract. I think you and I yeah. always agree on that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, so, it's, at the end of the day, it's business, and if we don't honor contracts, then we're just yeah. prohibiting our own growth. Like, yeah, we need absolutely. To, um, you know, so. Okay, well, I hate to bum you out some more, Paul. Uh, we had more breaking news with another one of your good friends, Dean Wilson, tearing an ACL again out for the outdoors on the uh, Husky team, and uh, man. That's uh, that sucks. That's terrible. I sent Dean a text the other day, and I just you know look, he's done it before. He can do it again, and uh, and that's basically all I was saying. Uh, what a what a blow though for for the Rockstar team and for Dean himself. Yeah, I mean it sucks. Um, he's this is going to be ACL surgery number three. So um, I mean that's gnarly. I've I've had an ACL surgery myself, and then I've retorn my ACL and never got it fixed. And every injury is different. And and uh yeah i mean he just uh unfortunate incident at glen helen and and um it's a shitty situation but i really love dean's attitude through all of it um he's much more upbeat for this one than he was for the last one um i think he knows and he believes in himself and he's kind of matured and gone through a lot and i think he he you know he's committed himself to be racing anaheim one no matter mm-hmm. if it's on a husky if it's on whatever have you a privateer bike anything like he right. plans to be at anaheim so um 
you know, again, he's very young too. So uh, I think what Brayton did this year really opened up a lot of people's eyes mm-hmm. that, um, that I think, you know, a lot of people recently, a lot of the winners in our sport have been, have been leaving our sport a bit early. And I think that's from the kind of uh, trend in our sport right now, or, or the, you know, that training is so, so important. And a lot of these guys are beating themselves down. And I honestly think that it's being, um, overvalued i think uh that's my personal opinion i'm not saying that you it's i'm not saying you shouldn't have a trainer and i'm not saying any trainer is bad i I think i believe very strongly in different strokes for different folks but i do believe that the trend and the culture in our sport right now is is weighting training way too heavily yeah it's something we've talked about again i know there's guys that have trained in the ktm slash husky program that aren't happy they're not happy with the way it's going. Um, you know, it's very, very, very structured. But then if you're the rider and you say, hey, listen, I'm a tired or, hey, I want to have some fun riding my dirt bike or whatever, you get said you got no heart and whatever, and you're a pussy. You know, and it's – but yet the results are there on the other hand. So it is a touchy subject that KTM and Husky are doing with these guys, all of them, uh, 250 team, 450 teams, everything. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, it's a, it's another topic for another day, though. Um so Hangtown is coming up, Paul. Uh, look, I think like last year, I, I think, Paul, this boils down to a Tomac versus Marvin thing, and I'll tell you why. I think Anderson, having just won the Supercross title, uh, he, I just think, I don't know if he's got it in him to ramp it all back up. It's so emotional. It's so difficult. Uh, outdoors aren't his strength anyways. I mean, he's very good, but he, he's a better Supercross guy. So I look for him to just, you know, um, ride this thing out a little bit. I honestly do. His his work is done. His year is done. As sad as that is, that's the the, the world we're living in with rider uh, rider mentality these days. And 94, Paul, I don't know how that's going. Even Kenny, who is ultra confident in himself, every single post and every single social media thing and, and in life, he's ultra confident. He's saying he just got his first moto done. He's saying he was in pain for a long time. So I think Kenny starts slow. I don't know if Anderson's 100% in it. And I like Marvin Eli to, to battle this thing out again. But am I wrong? What do you think? No, you're not all the way wrong. I disagree a little bit on some points. Um, I do think Tomac's going to come out firing. I, I think he's obviously turned his brain away from Supercross much earlier this year than he ever did than he did last year because he was in it till the end. So I think he's going to come out strong. Um, I think Blake Baggett's going to come out strong. Uh, uh, Marvin, I think he's going to be in the mix. He's a great rider. He was there last year. He won races last year. So um, it would be cool to see Baggett make a jump and be in the hunt with those guys. I mean, Baggett did have the red plate, I believe, last year. Am I wrong, or yeah, did he no. not? Yeah, I think he yeah, had. I think he, he had did, it for so. after after Lakewood. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think he'll. Oh no! You um, know what? He wouldn't have had it. No, he wouldn't have had it. He had a poor hangdown. I don't think he ever had it. I can't remember, but I, I know he won two races in yeah. a row. It was it was Lakewood and High Point, so I want to say he had the red plate for a little bit. But um, but uh, you know, it, it'd be cool just as fans and 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 for the health of our sport to see him up in the in, in yeah. there mixing it up. Yeah. Um, the the points you talked about with Jason Anderson, I disagree a little bit about him mailing it in, um, but I do agree that he's just always been better in Supercross than outdoors. So, um, but I I think Jason, you know, this could turn the other way too i, I yep. think this you know he was extremely stressed and dealing with that supercross title and now he can go home every night and see that t- title on his you know that trophy on his mantle and 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 that it's amazing what confidence does and i'm a huge confidence believer and and this could you know if if hangtown goes 
you know, goes well for him and he's like, man, I, I ended up on the podium and I didn't really expect to be because I've been so focused on Supercross, I think he can stay in the mix and be there. So um, I'll disagree on him. Yeah. You could be right. I could be right. Yeah. Um, and then and then Roxon, from what I've heard, um, maybe maybe we're a little bit we'll be a little bit surprised because I've heard. Yeah, you know, maybe he's playing court. Heard yeah. the last, right. I've actually heard in the last couple of weeks he's made really big strides. Okay. So, um, and, and there's nobody mentally stronger than Kenny, but, um, you know, I've heard JT talk about this many times before. I do think the biggest um, battle for Kenny will be to try to keep his his goals in check all summer and finish the summer. So if it doesn't go well at Hangtown, which it, it might not, yep. um, he needs to try to just stay the course and, and maybe think about Anaheim 1 is where I can – is yeah. where I start battling for wins, but um, but he's an amazing athlete. He might surprise us. Yeah, you know what? He's he's a champion uh, over there in Europe and over here in America, and he's got that mentality. We don't see great riders like Kenny. I mean, the very elite guys like Kenny ride around in in fourths and fifths, right? Like they that doesn't happen. So yeah. it's hard to see that happening with ninety four. Exactly, and I mean, yeah. he's going to get good starts. He's a good starter. He's he, he in his head. He's like, you know, I win in my, in my head. That's what he says. So I think he's going to start <laughs> right, up there. I think right. the way he rides the bike and he sets up his bike really uh, benefits him outdoors. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so good at riding a tall gear and carrying momentum and riding with his feet on the pegs that I think in motocross it it makes a much bigger difference than yeah. it does in supercross. So those things I think obviously, and he's a two-time outdoor champion. He's not a supercross champion. So um, all those things put him a little bit closer to the front, even with this injury. But yeah, man, um, yeah it's an awful industry. In, in, injury. So yeah, he's, uh, maybe maybe he starts off slow, and after the break, he's a different guy. Could you see that? Yeah, that yeah. would be awesome to see. I yeah. think. I mean, I think we all agree the sport's better when Kenny's. Uh, oh yeah. Front. Oh, absolutely. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. You want to win a Fly Racing Toxin helmet or a uh, set of Pro Taper clamp-on grips as well. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show brought to you by Max's Pro Taper and the folks at Get. Alex Ray on the f- using Get products on his factory Yamaha at Glen Helen for three races. Alex Ray, Parabinos. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's, that's cool, though. I mean, like it, it's got to be a dream come true, come true for him. Um, he hasn't had the best outdoor uh, rides in the past, so he's probably got an uphill battle. But I mean, you got a great bike and a great team, yeah, and has nothing to worry about now except getting ready. So um, that's cool. He should make a jump, and I hope he does. Yeah. Yeah. Baggett started off, and talking about Baggett, uh, I didn't include him for a reason. Uh, he was going to get his own section, Paul, um, in the sense of okay, start off Hangtown slow, wasn't happy with some bike setup. Uh, told us all he was much happier with his bike setup, and then actually backed it up by, like you said, winning the next couple of rounds. And his hand seems to be 100%. He ended the Supercross year with a, a bit of a podium stretch. He's the wild card for me. Like, I know E.T. and Marv are going to be great. And pretty sure Kenny will be great later on. And Anderson's good anyways. Uh, but Baggett's the wild card for me. Uh, I put him ahead of the guys like Weston Pike and, and Justin Barsha. I put him ahead of those guys. Um, and I, I'm th- this is the wild card for me is Blake Baggett. He, if he stays up there all summer... Remember, he, he collided with Anderson at Redbud and, and hurt his thumb, and that was basically it for him. Um, Baggett could make some noise, and you've already said that, Paul. Uh, I look at him to be very interesting. Like, what if he just comes out? He's won an outdoor title before. What if he comes out and just starts battling Eli and, and Marvin, like, week in and week out? I mean, I, I, I can see it. I mean, I, uh, you know, I was on Pro Circuit when Baggett won his 
title in 2012. I worked for Blake in 2013, so I know him very well, and um, I know the things. I, I can easily pick out things in his riding when I know he's confident and he's on and he's feeling good. And um, if I see those things at Hangtown, like he can absolutely. Get, he can be a title contender. I mean, I think he would have been a uh, he would have fought for the title all the way down to to Indiana had it not been for that mm-hmm. mishap at Redbud where he got hurt. I mean, he was really starting to ramp it up, and when he gets confident, um, I mean, he's so hard to beat. Like yeah. if he can ride how he wants to ride, and then he starts starting up front, you know, he's going to be fine on fitness wise because he always comes at the end of the moto like a damn freight train. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, um. I mean, I think it would be awesome for this summer for all the fans, for all of us, if um, if we get the best Blake Baggett there is, and and he could be a winner. Like he could we, he can beat both of those guys straight up. I truly believe that. What what if he starts yelling about his famous father and stuff at press conferences? That's gonna be great. That's gonna be yeah, fantastic. Bring it on. I mean, that, that, that's the cool part about it. I I really like that about Blake. Is uh-huh. he's not really filtered. Um, but yeah, he doesn't feel he doesn't feel I, I think comfortable in talking unless he's kind of on on top a little yeah, bit or can yeah. can win because yeah. um that's what he expects out of himself so i think yeah. uh yeah, I, I think he's good for the sport and, and if he does win more i think you'll see his personality come out a lot more too we saw it it was great so if he starts <laughs> if he starts clicking off some wins uh that is going to be uh, fantastic i think for the sport like you said uh tomac won the title last year he won four races and uh as, as dominant as he was at times paul uh he finished with the lowest total of points won the championship since since uh, Langston in 09 or 08 sorry 08 so like there'd been much more dominant seasons by our our Dungy and by Villapoto um and even Chad in 09 um so as fast as he was Paul he wasn't that dominant you know so Tits and I were talking before the uh, before you came on and I just think we're going to see more of that with Eli Tomac Paul, I think we're going to see more Eli Tomac amazing motos with some mistakes. I don't know after watching Supercross, okay, after watching Supercross and Motocross in 2017 and watching Supercross in 2018, I don't see how Eli Tomac turns this thing around and becomes just this amazing Ryan Dungey-esque winning machine. I think we see more of the same. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree because um, we just have so many years of data that show that prove his inconsistency a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I mean, his speed is out is, is undeniable. His fitness is wonderful, but, um, you know, I'm, I, I kind of, for some reason, my gut is telling me that he's going to be coming from behind a lot. And okay. we're going to have a lot of these battles to where he's trying to catch Marvin on the last lap, or he's trying to catch Blake on the last lap because, um, I thought we saw his starts improve greatly in Supercross with the greats, but we don't have greats outdoors. No. And now we're back to differing soil, and um, I think he struggled a bit with finding the consistency week to week in his starts on dirt. Um, I, I, there's data to that. I, I, you just can't deny it. So um, if he could figure that out and make sure he's starting up front, um, that'll obviously help his help his task. But still, there's always been that. The, those motos where you just are scratching your head, and if he can eliminate eliminate those and make sure that his worst moto of the year is a fifth, mm-hmm. then it'll be a lot easier for him. Yeah. But um, you know, it's tough in Eli's position. He's he's it's win or you, you've it's a, it's been a failure. So, yeah. Well, um, but having, that's tough to deal with as well. But having said that, uh, do you like him to hold the, to repeat as title? I do to 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 win this again. Um. I I do, but give me, I give, think the, give me the championship will be much. Give me the championship percent pie here of a percent. Um, who's going to take what percent in your eyes? Let's go. Let's go 
let's go 40 for Eli. Let's go 35 for Marv, and what's left, 25 for Baggett? Uh, yeah. Let's do that. Oh, that's close. That's that's think, that's uh, close. I think it's going to be close. Yeah, I, I think the 450 class will be much closer than the 250 class. Put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Let's go to uh, Brian. Brian Brain. What's up? How are you, man? Good afternoon, fellas. And we're splitting hairs. Langston was 07. But okay. Who's, who's yeah, counting? Yeah. Who's counting? Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, um, I was surprised to hear you guys. I know Paul wasn't on the podcast, but I was surprised to hear. <clears throat> the three of you on the podcast picking uh, Tomax so heavily for the championship for the simple reason that Tomax crashes and inconsistencies are so self-inflicted, whereas opposed to Baggett's was not at all. And I'm thinking to myself, how is that going to, you know, how is that going to carry over to 24 motos? Because, I mean, we all know Tomax going to end up in one of our laps probably, you know, before before the season's over. I mean, it's just going to happen probably not once, probably not twice, probably a few times. But Baggett's, all his stuff has been, you know, with with other folks, has not been, and, and has not been on his own. I don't see how Tomac's going to be able to pull this off for 24 motos consistent, consistently. And um, I don't think Marvin's fast enough. Okay. What do you think, Paul? I agree with everything he's saying, but the one thing that um... – can stop all that is is Eli has a 450 number one plate sitting on his mantle from last year, and he can look at that and 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 that honest like like I said, I talk a lot about confidence, but when you've done something before, it's a lot easier to see yourself doing it again. I think um, there's going to be a lot of desire from Marv and Baggett to try to get there, but um, it's a huge accomplishment to 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 finish it and get it done and know you did it, and that's going to make Eli a little bit more calmer, I think, than those guys when we get down to the very end. So. Um, I don't disagree with anything he's saying, and, and he brings up a great point about Baggett's mistakes have never really been his fault. They've been altercations mm-hmm. with other riders or mechanicals or what have you. So, um, but Baggett, uh, we'll but Baggett, I mean, Eli- Baggett starts put him in a spot where he has these problems at times. He starts, you know. Yeah, that, never, may, ever, may I say something real quick? Yeah, go ahead, Brian. Brian. So, but actually, with the thing with Anderson, they were both up front though when when all that mess happened at, they at were. Muddy Creek, though. Yeah, yeah. No. And, was, I mean, that was Redbud. I thought. And again, and, and, and again, by the way, I mean, I don't think it's a. I'm not. I, you know, I wouldn't put a mortgage on Baggett winning, but I just think, I, ju- I just think he would be if, if you take that championship pie you were just talking about. Yeah. I think he's. I think he's well, got the biggest slice, but I don't know. And I think that 250 it, number one plate. I realize it was in 2012, but yeah. Um, that may be a, a, an X factor too. I know Tomax got one too. Marvin doesn't, which is more reason why I think he he's not winning this. But yeah. I don't know. Well, Baggett was uh, what two points back of Marv going into Indiana. Marv pulled yeah. it out, but wasn't Baggett right there with Marv to get second in the points? Right, like he was, yeah. it wasn't yeah. wasn't crazy talk to to think Baggett can beat Marvin and beat Eli Tomac's main challenger, and that was with Baggett starting slow, which we don't think yep. is going to happen this year. Yep. So, all right, yep. thanks, man. Appreciate it. See you, fellas. Uh, where are we at, uh, Paul, with uh, Weston Pike, Justin Barsha, Christian Craig? Just next guys, the next guys in line? Um, I think of those three you just mentioned, I think Barsha could possibly um, lead the pack and make the most appearances up in the top four, um, you know, uh, the, the, of, of the other group that we've talked about. Um, I also think Craig can do it just because he's a phenomenal starter and he rides yeah. the bike so damn well, especially when he gets out in front. Um, he, can, he can disappear for a while. 
Um, Pike, I, I really started to see something in Pike, I thought, at the end of Supercross, but his starts just ruin it for him. Like, he's got so much speed and, and talent, and he's and he's so tough. And um, But uh, I, I'm trying to recall some outdoor results. I think for the most part he's been a little bit more yeah. close to getting more podiums in Supercross than outdoors. So um, I, I think, honestly, with Weston, it's just his ability to not stay at the front in the opening laps, and he loses touch with the pace and the leaders, and he's having to kind of ride his own his own mm-hmm. race from the back. So... Um, if he can get starts, he can improve. But um, you know, he's a uh, he's 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 solid. He could make a jump too. It's hard to say. But of that group, I'll say that uh, points at the end of the year it will be Barsha, Pike, and then Craig. Yeah, seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. We are still giving away uh, a set of Pro Taper clamp-on grips. These are brand new and uh, taking the world by storm, as well as a Fly Racing Toxin helmet. Before we let you go, Paul, um, what's the best national? What's the best? national of the year i mean track i mean viewing i mean convenience i mean everything starbucks locations which are key for me just what what's yeah what's the key what's the best race um i think i think i'd have to go colorado because it's it's great to get to the pits are great the the track's good um we've had good racing there it's it's hard to say. I think everybody in their mind weights different things, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Obviously, for sure. I think the track. I think the atmosphere at Redbud weighs very, very heavily. Mm-hmm. So just when you, if you know, if we could say Colorado is the best national, but to if I was telling somebody to go to a national, I would tell them to go to Redbud because it's such a cool atmosphere. Um, you know, and but then you go to Southwick, you're going to Dillon. They have so much heritage. And, yeah. You know, it's it's really what what each individual person values in, in their experience. But um, I guess if you're asking me my values, I'll, I'll take Colorado. What? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's, uh, yeah. let's also, let's also light a candle for all the mechanics in the sport because they are getting ready for 12 weeks of the hardest job in the world. Yeah, man, it's, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not easy. And, and I've been through it and, and what Dean, Dean and I accomplished in 2011 made it feel so much bigger and better than anything because it was yeah. so much work. I mean, you know, 24 races to be there, and he finished on the podium 22 motos out of 24, which is... Did he really, huh? Really wow. incredible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, really, really incredible feat. So, you know, I built that bike and that engine 12 times, too. So um, it's, uh, it's a really rewarding feeling to do good outdoors, but, uh, man, it's it's a lot of work. But uh, Oh, it's um, so much work for yeah. mechanics, everybody. The, the heat, <laughs> the humidity, the tearing down, the rain, the tearing down, the motos, the sun, the how much i mean paul you remember putting your the horn would go for the moto and your bike still needs a seat and a filter or something you know like your work you don't stop you just don't stop it's it's all day long no so. no it's, it's gnarly yeah and i mean especially when you run into mud or something oh. i remember in 2011 you know we had a kind of a mud race at southwick and i was so paranoid about not making sure any mistakes were made and because we had a chance to win the title at steel city i didn't even get my bike built until friday morning um at tech at the track because I was scrubbing and cleaning things so vigilantly in the parking lot on Thursday. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a it's a big deal, man. The outdoors are gnarly and they're harder on the equipment. But um, as a fan, that's what I really like because the yeah. the better riders, the better mechanics, the better teams, they they will rise to the top. You win an outdoor title, you are a bad dude. That's the bottom <laughs> line. That there's no other way to put it. You know. Um, and, and, and Jeremy McGrath, you know, he was championship for a long time, Supercross, and he was a super good rider and legend. And then he, even he says, when I won that outdoor title, like, it validated me to everybody. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I can ride outdoors, too. 
That's that's what he said. So, and I agree. Uh, all right, Paul. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. We're going to give away your set of your uh, Pro Taper clamp-on grips here shortly, man. Thanks. All right. See you. Thanks. Uh, FlyRacing.com. Please check them out on the web. Blake Baggett, Weston Pike, uh, Zach Osborne, defending the 250 National Championship with Fly Racing uh, gear as well. Uh, Pro Taper. ProTaper.com. The Geico Honda. The Rockstar Husky guys. The Get. Love the guys at Get uh, Factory Parts for your production machine. And Monster Yamaha uses Get exclusively as well as seemingly every team in Europe. Uh, please check them out. Our meters as well. And uh, and like I said, the two-stroke ignitions are killing it. And Maxxis tires, speaking of McGrath, the MXST tire developed, tested by Jeremy McGrath is coming out real soon. All right, speaking of fly racing, let's get the man on the line. It's, uh, it's Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? How are you? Not much. Just got to Sacramento, ready to do this thing. Uh, what is okay? So we are WPS and um, uh, Fly Racing, of course, big parts of Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships that are kicking off. There is no more Fly Racing 150 jump, though. I've hear, I'm hearing. No, uh, apparently the team managers um, asked that it be removed. Um, it was just one of those jumps where. They're worried about their guys getting hurt and breaking wheels. And, uh, you know, Josh Grant was pretty fortunate last year. He had a big get-off on press day. And I think they were just, you know, looking at the safety side of it. Uh-huh. They really need a jump where guys are trying to make it and sometimes can't even make it on a 450. So right. I- I'm-, I'm okay with it. Yeah, uh, I think they have a replacement a replacement obstacle for it. Um, so there's supposed to be a pretty tough set of whoops you know we'll see how that plays out how they get built and and shaped and all that stuff but uh they, they have something in mind to replace that jump uh i'm okay with this i've been ranting and raving for a while about these outdoor promoters putting these huge jumps on there uh Larocco's leap started it and that was fine it was more of a natural uh the uh, natural um jump and it kind of developed naturally and then everybody got a, a set of just uh i got to do a big huge jump it's 30 minutes it's hot as balls. You're tired. Your bike is taxed. Your body is taxed. We don't need these massive jumps on outdoors. We don't need them. So I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay with some some aspect of it. You know, I, I think the this particular jump was pretty unforgiving. And, you know, when people didn't jump it, that formed massive braking bumps on the downside of it. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely got sketchy. So I, I'm cool that I, you know, as I've gotten older, I tend to – lean towards safety more than anything else. Um, you know, I, I, there have been jumps throughout the years, just like you said. There was a, a massive downhill triple at Binghamton that was huge that, yeah. you know, Ricky would do every year and, and some other guys would attempt to do it. Uh, the Holy Schmidt jump was insanely big at, at Millville for a mm-hmm. while. Yep. Uh, there was a couple of years there that they just, you know, I thought I thought it was a bit much to have to do, and it was a lot faster to have to do it, but, man, it was everything you had on a 450 to make it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. If you can find a way to do it safely, I'm okay yeah. with it. But it, it, where do you draw the line for safety when it's 100 degrees at 30 one of the, minutes? Yeah, one of the ones. Point? One of the ones that's fairly safe is that sky shot at Unadilla. Like I don't. I think that's fairly safe and doable on both sizes of bikes. It, but it, they could get rid of that too. I'm fine with that. But yeah, you know. it, it is. I know it's it's big and scary for sure as a rider. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's pretty safe. You yeah. know, the biggest thing to do is is you don't want to make it too much of a penalty if they don't do it yeah yeah. because that's that's where the real danger comes in as a guy if he's having a good moto going and he gets a little out of shape and he yeah. knows he's going to lose two or three seconds if he doesn't do the obstacle that's where the problem comes in because he's going to send it anyway yeah, yeah like you know a ray would 
and uh, that's that's where the trouble comes in. Absolutely. Um, all right, Jason Thomas on the line uh, from Fly Racing WPS. Big parts of the uh, Lucas Oil Pro Motor Cross kicking off this weekend in Hangtown. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. We've got a few lines uh, still open. Uh, we got a guy on hold. JT has been on hold for a long time. He has a question just for you, apparently. Uh, so let's get to him uh-huh. right away. Uh, Is he angry? I, probably, probably angry. Uh, Jonesy, what's up, man? What's your question uh, for Jason Thomas? What's up, guys? Not angry at all. I'm here in Sacramento. We got poured on yesterday. Track should be great. Oh, perfect. So I'm excited yeah. for the weekend. Yeah, weather's supposed to be uh, only in the 80s, I hear. So. 82 is Jonesy's back down? Just looked. What's that, JT? It is. Oh, Jonesy. Okay. Jonesy Sacktown, yeah. That's his Twitter handle. I, I see him pop up now and again. All right. What's your question, man? Every once in a while. I was, I was curious. Do you think uh, Marvin Muskin's, uh bike setup will be better from last year where it's swerving all over the place, or are we, we in for some more of that this year? Listen, JT is is a little much on this Marvin thing, but go ahead, JT. What do you think? Jonesy, Jonesy's on the same page. Cooper Webb, I think, might be on the same page as, oh, as well. Oh, jeez. Uh, no, you know, I think it's just his style of racing, and everybody has their own Mendoza line for where it's too far and where it's not. And I don't know that Marvin has really gotten super dangerous with it, but it would it would really annoy me if I was racing against him. And, and listen, he's not the first guy I've ever you know seen do this. Michael Essie was big on it. Uh, I've seen Vince do it. You know, uh, Marvin does it. You know, there have been guys over the years that you know Jeff Emig used to do it. There there have been guys that that's part of their game. That's part of their arsenal, and they don't see anything wrong with it. And you know, that's everybody's opinion on where they where they think clean riding and and the etiquette lies. So you're never going to have a one one uniform opinion on it. Um, I don't know that he's going to have to do it as much because I think anytime you're racing like that, it's because you're moving backwards. So the the only person I think that's going to be able to come from behind and pass him regularly would be Eli. And Marvin's progressed so much that even I question that even this year, if, if Marvin gets out front, he may have enough speed where he won't have to worry about Eli. Um, and don't forget about Baggett, like we talked about with uh, with Paul. Like Baggett was two points back of Marv going into the last round. You know, like this. Yeah, Baggett could be the guy. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, Marv had the uh, the knee issue last year, and then he threw a moto away at Southwick. So there were definitely some elements in play there. And and Blake had his share. Of yeah, Blake had. Too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know those those mid rounds for Marvin, where he was basically just going through the motions, uh, he threw a lot of points away. Um, so just so many things happen throughout a, a summer of racing, and it seems like the storylines shift weekend to weekend. And you could you know swear yeah. you know exactly how things are going to play out, and then a weekend comes and goes, and then everything you know the whole the whole situation changes, and then we're in a different spot altogether. So. Jonesy, I, I uh, like that about outdoors. Jonesy, you were on hold forever. So, do you want to set a pro taper clamp on grips or the toxin helmet with MIPS from Fly? Ooh, I've never run a Fly helmet, but I would love to try one out. That'd be great. All right, stay on hold, man. You've been on hold for so long. We'll award you that toxin helmet. It's got MIPS, by the way. So, stay on hold, man. Everybody loves MIPS. Everyone loves MIPS. Thank you, and thanks to Fly Racing for making that happen. Uh, Braden, what's up? You want to talk about Eli Tomac starts? Yeah, so I was wondering what your guys' uh, opinion was. He seemed to have them figured out for Supercross this year, but that's with the metal start great. Mm-hmm. And outdoors, he got one whole shot last year. So are his starts going to suffer again outdoors? What do you think, JT? Who was that for? I missed the very Tomac. I know the start. Tomac. 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 Yeah, you know, I think he 
has gotten most of it figured out, but you make a good point. You know, there's so many setting changes in technique and things that go into that starting grade to try to uh, diminish the wheel spin. And the wheel, you know, not having wheel spin come across that starting grade is everything. So for Supercross, can they nail that setting? Uh, I think that's really the question because these bikes can be so manipulated with fuel maps now. So I don't know. You know, if history serves us, we'll see him be hit and miss. Um, and, and that's fully what I expect again. Uh, I think he'll have his, his moments where he, he reels off two or three hole shots in a row, and then I think you'll have mid-pack starts, and, you're, you know, you'll be scratching your head. So um, I would think they put a lot of effort into trying to just bring some consistency to it, but, you know, he's the one that's got to disengage the clutch and nail everything, you know, perfectly. So we'll see. I, I, I don't think there's a definitive answer for you. Thanks, Braden. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Nathan, you have a future headline. I have my future headline. Oh, yeah. JT loves this segment, so this is great. I thank know. you. I held on. Perfect. I like to talk to JT because I know he loves it. Yes, he loves so it. All right. Give it to us. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Great. Okay. Great. So, uh, Tomac Training Facility takes the outdoors mm-hmm. or Baker Bakes, another two champions. What do you think, JT? We got Tomax Training Facility takes the outdoors with J Mart and Eli. Or Baker Bakes two more titles with Marvin Ooh. and an Osborne. Ooh, I like your wordplay on that, but yeah, yeah. yeah. man, as much as I dislike this segment, I think this is actually one of the better ones I've ever heard because it is. It is. Honestly, usually the segment is so stupid because the headlines don't really have any chance of happening. You're stupid. But I think, I think we're we're in a situation where, in my opinion, the champions are going to come out of those four. I think you're going to get two titles out of those four guys. Um, it could be, you know, it could be aligned with one trainer, one training facility, or it could be split. You know, I, but uh, if I had to be pressed for an answer, oh man, I guess I would go with Eli and J Mart. But I really think that it's going to be a split. I think you're going to get Osborne in the 250, and I think you're going to get Eli in the 450. So I think you're going to get a, a halfy. A halfy there? Yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, actually, Nathan, uh, do you want to set a pro taper clamp on grips? Because I love that segment. So. Uh, yeah, perfect. Can't All right. With my pro taper bars. Awesome. Well, stay on hold, man. We'll get them over to you. All right. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Uh, pro taper clamp on grips. Uh, Nathan with the future headlines. JD, you want to talk about Hangtown Track? Uh, I was originally going to talk about the Fly 150, but you guys got yeah. that, so we'll move on to that little switchback bowl section that I absolutely deplore. <laughs> Why do you not like it? Why? Because nothing happens? <laughs> it, 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 during during a race when guys are battling, they always seem confused when they go through that section. They either blow it way high or come low and lose traction and almost end up coming together, I guess. I, I don't know. It's... At times, it's a little exciting, but in general, I just I see so much inconsistency through that section. Uh-huh. I just, I don't know. I can't stand it. I think there should be something else. <laughs> what do you think, JT, about that section? Which which bowl turn is, is he the, talking about? Exactly? The half pipe. The half pipe thing. Oh, they, before the finish? Yeah, they drop in and they kind of... Yeah, yeah, they wish wash around, and I don't know. I, I don't like it. Doesn't, it. it doesn't do much for me. I, I, no. I don't like gimmicks. I don't like gimmicks in outdoor motocross, so... Anytime you add anything where it, you know, it's not a true motocross section, I'm generally not a fan. 
I'm going to throw out another prediction here. Uh, I'm going to say that Eli wins half of the overalls. Whoa, okay. I'm going to say he wins half the overalls. Anderson makes no podiums. Oh, that's no, your no, – no, we can't take you seriously, no, right, JT? No, Anderson makes oh, – hold on, hear me out. Right. Anderson makes no podiums, so the rest of the podiums will be Marvin, Baggett, and then I'm going to say Barsha and Pike are going to switch off back and forth a few times this year and get podiums. All right, thanks for the call, I man. I have, a, I have a better question for you. Yeah, he, I, I let him go. Dean Tomac do that two years in a row in Supercross. He's won half the races or more, and he lost the title. Is that what you're saying is going to happen, or is he actually going to win the title and do six, six wins? I don't know. I hung up on him. I lo- he lost me with Anderson not making a podium. Well, he's he's delusional, as are you, so you answer it. Anderson makes a podium. Absolutely. No, no, no. Yeah. With just your general state of No, I think, I think Tomac takes the title. Uh, I think he wins four or five like he did last year. You know, I think we see – we covered this with Paul a little bit. I want to talk 250s with you, JT, before we go. Yeah. But I think we see – we have – a Supercross and a Motocross Championship in 2017, and we have now a Supercross in 18 to watch Eli Tomac be incredibly mm-hmm. fast but then make mistakes. So I cannot see how that pattern changes outdoors here this year. I think we see more of the same. Uh, ball's fast from Tomac. Uh, ball's amazing. And then we see some, some motos where you're like, what the hell? But he still wins the You title. know, it was, it was weird, though, because you know the, the front brake thing wasn't really his fault to Glen Helen. No. That was a painful one. And then, you know, it wasn't necessarily mistakes at some of those rounds. You know, it wasn't a mistake. It was more just really strange characteristics of riding. Like, well, he just had no pace. He had no yeah. speed. It wasn't the, the front end, you know, crashes or the, the Anaheim one where he's just gone and he loses front end and crashes by himself. It, it, was, it was more of just unexplainable riding than it was, a, you know, a, a stew-like mistake that we see in Supercross more yeah. often. Yeah, no, I, I think we see more of that. Um, but we'll we'll see. Uh, do we think Rockstar Husky fills in for Dean? By the way, I personally don't. Yeah, but only because I don't think there are really any good options out there. Oh, what about Mookie? I don't. I personally don't think that Mookie has any interest in riding outdoors. Okay. Um, hey, what's your take on Tickle getting fired? We talked about that uh, with Paul, and real quickly, um, I I've always yelled about teams letting riders do things that are in contracts and that they, 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 nobody does anything. So, you know, this is in the contract and he signed it, then that's what happens. But, you know, we saw Yo Shizuki keep James on it in PR move and for PR mm-hmm. stuff and, and pay him a lower salary. Um, so I, I can't really blame Red Bull KTM, but man, yeah, I guess that's what happens. Yeah, it's difficult. You know, I think uh, with James, I think there was a hope that, you know, core heads would prevail and something would come of this. But, you know, I think uh, really the difference is you see how situations are handled when it's one of the absolute legends of the sport versus, you know, Brock's a great rider. And he, you know, absolutely deserved a factory ride this year, but he's not James Stewart. So I, I just think that's where you see preferential treatment. And I think that's in all sports. I think if something happened with, you know, Tom Brady versus, you know, uh, I don't know, yeah. Brandon Whedon, yeah. you know, it's just that's they're going to be handled differently. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Um, all right, so let's talk 250s before we go. Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by Get, Pro Taper, and Maxis. We have a few lines open, 702-586-7857 if you have a good question. Uh, but, JT, 250 class, uh, like the caller said, uh, Baker's Factory, Zach Osborne, defending champion, wearing Fly Racing. J-Mart riding and training with Tomac and apparently just shredding it. Uh, hard to see 
anyone else winning this title. Like, uh, it could happen. Savachi could win it. Plessinger could step up. Forkner, Troll Train. Hard to see, though, anybody challenging either one of these guys for the title. Race wins? Sure. But championship is coming down to these two guys, uh, I really believe. Yeah, barring barring injury, which is that's a that's a big if, as we know in this sport. But barring injury, I would I would be hard pressed to say those two aren't 100% going to win the title in some way. Um, you know, there's always something can happen, and somebody could, you know, break out. You know, Forkner looks like he's on the precipice of it, but I still think between those two, there's too much experience, too much speed, too much just know-how to win a 12-race series, you know, 24 motos. It's just an incredible amount of racing that you have to you have to be there every time. And uh, those two aren't going to leave any any room for error between the two of them. So, like I said, barring, barring any serious injury where they're out for an extended period of time, the title is going to be between those two. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be interesting to see uh, who does what. Um... Alex Martin, we did this in the preview podcast. I, I think he's coming out swinging. He's been ready for Supercross for a while, but they just put him on outdoors. He's riding for a, a ride next year. He was second in the points last year until he got hurt. Get ready for the troll train, JT. Yeah, I picked him to be third this weekend, and I think he will come in. I think he's maybe the most prepared of anybody coming in. You know, he's had so much time to ride and really find his outdoor legs. So I, I expect big things, especially early in the season. I just don't know if he has the you know the longevity to be at the very very tip of the spear for three months like his brother will, and I think Zach will. And that that's really just from what history's shown us. So he's going to have great days, and I think he'll have a really solid day on Saturday. And if if he told me he walked away with the the overall win on Saturday, I wouldn't even bat an eye because yeah. I, I fully expect him to be on the podium. I just think over 12 rounds, I think the other two are going to have a little bit more. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, Savachi, too, looking for a 450 ride. Big year for him. He won two races last year. Let's not forget this, everybody. I think yeah. we, I feel yeah, like he, this is forgotten a little bit. Yeah, he dominated Hangtown two years ago here as well. So, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he's, he takes some heat for not really ever finishing the deal on, on some of these series, but... We know that when it's Sabachi's day to shine, he's really tough to beat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Forkner, Plessinger, and other guys that could st- steal race wins, right? Like overalls. Yeah, you know the Tipiti class is unique in that there are there are a ton of race winning mm-hmm. level guys. Yeah, and when you look at it just for one day, it's a toss up. There's really, you know, maybe Zacho and Jamar had the edge, as we've said, but. None of these guys would shock you if they won a race. It's just that yep. twelve-round, you know, grueling summer that really starts to separate, you know, these guys a little bit. Uh, where the four fifty class is just different in that I, there's only a few guys that can really do it because the level is so incredibly high. Yeah, um, you know, and that's really been the case for a long time in the two fifty class. Two fifty class is just so unpredictable, and it makes for such great racing because you kind of don't know what's going to happen on that particular day. So race winners, uh, J-Mart, Osborne, Savachi, Forkner, Plessinger, A-Mart, Jordan Smith, McElrath? Yeah, I think so. I think they could take McElrath a... Will, I, I don't think McElrath will win a race, but it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't yeah. blow me away, yeah. but I, I don't expect it. I could see a 3-1 for an overall from Shane McElrath all day long. You know, 2-2. Two, two. It's possible. One, yeah, it's yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I wouldn't bet on it, but right. it's possible. Uh, speaking of the troll train... Travis is on it. What's up, Travis? You're on the troll hey, train? Man. Are you on the Yes, tra- exactly. Yes. Steve, you got the inside line on the troll. Is he 100% healthy coming in? Bro, 
We are ready. I've been in text communication with Troll. He is coming out guns blazing to show JT and the world what they've been missing. Oh, I'm excited. I just think he's going to rip hard this year. Yeah, I, I do too, man. Like, for all those reasons I just said, you know. And uh, and I'm really leaning towards uh, J-Mart on another title. I don't know why, but he just looks like he wants it a little more than yeah, Osborne yeah, yeah. does right now. Well, I don't know about that, dude. Uh, I mean, I don't know about wanting it more. Don't forget, Travis, uh, J-Mart was almost 100 points back of Osborne last year. Like, Osborne, Osborne had it, man, you know? so Good. But, uh, hey, back on Rockstar Husky, I don't think they fill in for Dean because they're going to have too many riders next year to re-sign Dean anyways. Why? Who, they mean, got Osborne and, and Jason well, Anderson, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't, think, I don't see him having three premier class guys, do you? Yeah, I wish they would, but I think, I think I'm leaning your way, right, JT? Like, hard to see Dean going back. Yeah, right. I don't, so they kind of don't, don't fill in for him for the summer, you know? Yeah, yeah. Dean would look good on, on Rocky Mountain KTM, JT. Thanks, Travis. Absolutely. Thanks, JT. Uh, I think he has a gear deal that would contradict. Oh, uh, it's. Uh, I think he keeps I going. Think, yeah, yeah. I, don't, but, I think he has a multi-year deal. But he can get out of that if that was the only ride available. It's not like shift uh, or hold on to I it. I don't know. It's it's always it's always tricky with that stuff. Maybe. Nah. Um, I think there are, there are a lot of guys to choose from. I know that. I mean, there are, you know, and Forrest has the factory KTM, you know, in his stable, which is a, a big feather in its hat. Right, right. Uh, let's go to Mike with more Martin brother questions. <laughs> What's up, Mike? How are you? Hey, what's going on? You want to talk Martin uh, Brothers? Yeah. Do them two get along or no? What's that? Do the Martin Brothers get along? Do yeah. Martin oh, Amber? yeah. Yeah, for sure. They, oh, okay. Why? It, I listened to another podcast that they run with Main Event Moto. <laughs> oh. And it, it always seems like there's some, like, no. hate relationship there. But I, I didn't no. Know. Absolutely they get along. Yeah, don't listen to Schmain and Schmidt Moto. Don't even listen to that guy. Um, thanks, man. Thanks for the call. Yeah, Martin Brothers are buddies, for sure. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Alex is in Florida. J-Mart's with Tomac. I wouldn't be surprised to see J-Mart go up to Minnesota again when the weather gets a little nicer at some point. I know he's got a house in Rochester outside of there, so he can ride at some track called Millville, JT. It's pretty good practice. Yep. So Yeah, they've had a really late there, so I'm, I think he, he – I know he was there a couple weeks Oh, you there? Oh, we lost JT. All right. We lost him for good because it's time to go. Fly Racing, Moto 60 Show, presented by Pro Taper, Get, and Maxis. Thanks to Fly Racing and Pro Taper for the prizes. Maxis Tires as well will be coming through with something. Get and Athena, guys. Awesome. Thank you for your calls, tits. Thank you. You're welcome. Exciting series kicking off. Hangtown. Give me your winners. Give me your winners this weekend. Uh, Savachi and Tomac. There you have it, from the mouth of tits. A green sweep. To God's ears. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week.